reassuring yourself that you've got this is important. Patience is also very important. And then understanding what makes you different than whoever you're up against. It could be yourself is something to really understand and run with. Welcome to Freedom Slave Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and freedom slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Today's episode is one I've been wanting to do for a while now, and I'm so excited the time has come. It's a follow-up from episode 29. If you have not listened to that one, I spoke with Shante Lundy, the founder of Black Girl Sunscreen. If you don't know what Black Girl Sunscreen is, you've been living under a rock, and I need you to go back to that episode and listen. However, the big piece of it is, Back when we spoke early in 2020, she was online on Target and in 250 Target stores with one SKU, meaning one product, right? She is now in all the stores just about with four products, as well as in CVS, Ulta, Walgreens, like she's doing the thing. And I really wanted to know how that came about, what happened, what did she do with the $1 million investment and all of that. We got into details about the investment. I think you're really going to just enjoy this episode. And it's just dope to witness someone who's doing something so amazing like what Shantae is doing. And it's more than just expanding the product line. What you're really going to appreciate is that she not only expanded the product line and expanded the stores, but she's expanded her impact, which I think is even more important than those things. She talks about how she's able to connect with the customers the way she does and how she set the foundation for this really strong brand that really is for its audience through and through. So I think you're going to love it. And let's dive straight in. Hey, hey, Miss Chante, how are you doing, girl? You call me Miss. Oh my gosh. Listen, Miss, as in you're a woman I'm looking at on the screen, They're not like ma'am. It's not ma'am. It's not ma'am vibes at all, because I'm pretty sure we're like the same age. <laughs> I'm doing fair today. How about you? That's an honest answer. I love that. No, I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited, actually, because I'm speaking to you. Every time I see you pop up on my Instagram, I just get so excited. It's just... Yeah. It's so dope. I just seen what you've done since the last time we spoke. So for those of you listening in, our first episode was actually episode 29. We're now past 100 episodes. So it was episode 29 at the beginning. It was pre like big COVID, right? Because it's little COVID and big COVID. So COVID was around in February 2020, but like the world wasn't paying attention. So that's when we spoke. And then the episode dropped in March. So it's been a while since we spoke. But so much has changed. Last time you were in 250 Target stores, you were online, you were in there with one skew about to drop your the kids sunscreen line. Like it was then. And now you're doing so many amazing things. You're in Target, Walgreens, CVS, Ulta, like you're doing the thing. And I just have so many questions. So first of all, <laughs> like literally spun around. Sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, they're going to be listening to the audio. This is just for us, really. Um, And I may take a clip or two for Instagram or whatever. But 
I've got so much respect for what you've done and I've just got so much excitement about it all. So you said you're fine. How are you feeling about that big growth since February 2020? Well, first and foremost, you said something that I kind of wanted to elaborate on. And you said, every time I come across your timeline, you know, I make you smile. And the feeling is so mutual because you're doing just as many things. And to see your support in comments, to see you like photos, to see you actively engaged in the journey of Black Girl Sunscreen and the life of Shantae means that it, even though we met virtually and through one conversation, that you are a supporter. And I think that people need to understand like what it really means to be a virtual friend or an Instagram friend. And you've been that, leaving just nice words, messages, and encouragement under pretty much everything that we do. So just thank you for the continued support. Thank you for having me on here again to continue to share the story and just to give your community an update on, you know, where we've been and where we're going and some of the things that have happened along the way. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. I mean, you're saying I'm doing the same things. I mean, I guess we like, whatever I'm not, I'm not on Shantae's level guys. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Trying to get there with the products for sure, but it's just so inspiring to witness the growth of it all. And just, the vision you've had from the beginning, well, not the beginning because you launched in 2016, but when we spoke back in 2020 to where you are now, it's just amazing to witness the growth and I love to see it. So I guess my first question for you is, how did this growth come about? Like what sparked that 200 store jump to all the target store jump? Like, was it like the PR pushes? Was it a lot of the marketing pieces? What do you think it was? Yeah, so in 2020, when we spoke, um, Black Girl Sunscreen, we were in 250 Target stores. 2021, we launched in 800 Alta stores. And then we also increased our Target door count to maybe about 1,100. So we had two retailers in 2021. Going into 2022, currently, we are pretty much full chain in Target, full chain in Alta. And we just announced our launch in CVS and Walgreens. So we've gone from literally being in 250 stores two years ago to being across the United States, across the country in about 10,000 stores. And that growth has come from really cultivating our community and putting the why, why, why and before the buy, buy, buy. So what does that really mean? That means that we are here as humans speaking to other humans and really relating, listening to, hey, this is what we want. This is what we don't like. Hey, we have this question. Can you clarify? And then doing it consistently. So everything we do is daily. It's weekly. We're not missing it. We are in person. We approach our consumers from a very human perspective, you know, from our partnerships to our conversations. It's not like too corporate If that even makes sense. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense to me because that's how we approach with Best Period. My menstrual care brand is very similar because it's easy to get really stiff in this market. And a lot of times when people do, you forget that there are real people behind there and even beyond, you know, making sure the marketing and speaking to them in the DMs is human to human. It's so much more than that, that even shows that, you, like you said, the why, 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 before the buy, buy, buy. And that's the educational piece. I feel like Black Girl Sunscreen from the beginning has been pushing 
the importance of why skin protection is important, right? In some posts, it's not even about the sunscreen itself. It's just why you need to protect your skin. And that helps people understand that, hey, like they care, you know, without faking the funk at the end of the day, because a lot of businesses are. And I feel like you can see through that so fast these days, right? We're so much more intuitive because we are online so much. Like we're able to use our gut feeling a bit more than we were in the past where people can read and look at something and say, oh, they're not serious. They're not true. You know what I mean? And you're, like you said, it's the consistency of it all that I think that works really well. So that means that you showing up daily and doing these things is getting the media attention. Cause I mean, I Google black girl sunscreen and you guys have an article every day. I feel like, like you're always in something you were recently in the route. Like it's always something happening. So I think that's a big piece of it as well as of course, customer sharing with other customers that's spreading this message. Would you say that that's it? Or do you have any other big marketing pieces that you push towards as well? Yeah. <laughs> you know, some brands, some people really just kind of penetrate, you know, one avenue and we don't have it figured out. We really don't. You know, my approach was use the resources that you had initially. And if that was, you know, giving out free product just for a consumer to try it or someone that is unsure about wearing sunscreen to try it and then they talk about it. Great. Now it is about, yes, we should be in publications, right? Because that comes along with SEOing, that comes along with Google visibility. Everybody is not on a digital platform or social media platform. So if they go on the internet and type in sunscreen for dark skin, sunscreen for brown skin, sunscreen for ethnic skin, black girl sunscreen is going to come up in some type of article from whoever. That's why that's important, that Google visibility. Then we transition from just a digital space to an out-of-home space, meaning a commercial or radio ads or billboards. Although people weren't, you know, moving around freely during the pandemic, people were still in their cars. And we are penetrating markets that we feel reflect the brand. So whether that's, you know, South Florida, Atlanta, the LA market, where are we going to be seen? And then our marketing and our language is very salacious and direct. So black don't crack or does it, right? Like that's it is what it is. It is what it is. So that type of campaign is to get your real spinning. Like, what does that actually mean? Who's behind this? So it's not about selling sunscreen. It's about like, Hey, what's really happening here? Do I need it? Why do I need it? So it's been a combination of having a very strong digital reputation and presence, and then saying, okay, well, traditional marketing may have gone away from 2016, but how do we make it come back and make it work for us? So those are a couple of elements that we've really, really honed in on. But then there's also the people part. So the people part is you and I having this conversation and you being an advocate of Black Girl Sunscreen. And then us continuing on those conversations with anyone that supported us 2018, 2019, in a sense, you are a brand ambassador, just like I'm a brand ambassador for you. So having these relationships are so very important to us. Then we also partner with local businesses and we like to call them specialty retailers. They also serve as brand ambassadors, but they're their own entrepreneurs because they have, you know, spas, they have salons, they have dot com 
stores that speak to brown and black women. So they're on their own journey, but also represent Black Girl Sunscreen. Then we have partnerships like Black Girl Sunscreen is the first business to sponsor a collegial women's track and field. And what I'm talking about is we just announced our partnership with USC last month. And oh, it's awesome. First, Congrats to that. Thank you. The first in the nation. And it's not just about to say like, oh, we're, we're doing this partnership. It is really to show that we are who we say we are. We're about female empowerment. Athletes, 40% of student athletes are females and female athletes are underrepresented in the media. They are underrepresented in sponsorship. So that's why this collaboration, this sponsorship was so near and dear and important to Black Girl Sunscreen. We also provided a scholarship with that sponsorship. When you ask me, how does this growth come about? It's really about who we're aligning ourselves with and who is supporting Black Girl Sunscreen. So we do it from a very kind of grassroots approach in a very human approach. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Love that. So many great things you said in that right back from the beginning when you mentioned, you know, you're going through some traditional marketing pieces. And it's funny because at the beginning of Black Girl Sunscreen, you were saying, you know, we were an Instagram brand starting when most people weren't yet. And now when a lot of these big brands are like, oh, let me catch up and follow the smaller boutique brands, or whatever the SMEs. No, they're pulling away from the other pieces. So it's that open space as well. Right. So it's like, you're ahead of the curve in both directions because you were already there before they popped on there and took Instagram and social media seriously. And now they're pulling away from the rest. And you're like, no, we're going to go where it makes sense, where our audience is, where they can hear us. Because at the end of the day, you have the right thing at the bottom, which is the foundational pieces of actually caring about who needs to hear this message, who needs to get your product because it's going to benefit them at the end of the day. So I love all of that. And I know back in 2020, I saw a Forbes article in May 2020, you received a million dollars funding with a female VC, I believe it's at a private VC firm. And that's amazing. Congrats, because that doesn't happen, especially for Black businesses, especially for female businesses, and you're both. So congrats on that. My question for that one is, when you were talking about pitching them initially, and then when you said, okay, we received this, where were you focusing your efforts when it came to distribution of the funds? Is it like on hiring more staff where you're like, okay, we need to put this in inventory because we're now growing our brand and into more stores. Like where did you put the majority of those or the majority of your efforts, I should say, behind the funds? Yeah, I'm going to break this down in so many different ways. Go for uh, it. I'm, I'm asking selfish questions because I have a product-based business. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that it's actually talked about that much either. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. like a 
true transparency behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to ruffle anyone's feathers and you still want to be, you know, professional. So first of all, the the concept of raising money, it sounds sexy. It just, it does. But then when you really get to the nitty gritty of it, it's like, okay, so if you've been working on something for three, four years, like you feel like it is yours, right? Like, and if you're a solopreneur and you don't have a partner, it's like, okay, I need to be open-minded to let this person into my world. I need to be able to trust this person. And then how much authority or kind of say, are we allowing this group or individual to have in whatever I've just built, right? So I think that's the first like obstacle that you have to get over when it comes to deciding who your partner is and if you're raising money. Then it's, okay, what do I need to the money for? At the time, Black Girl Sunscreen, our back was against the wall. A, because I use my own money 33 to like $50,000 to start Black Girl Sunscreen. And I continued to reinvest in the business. And it came to a point where my money just wasn't long enough. Like I just didn't have enough. So it was like, okay, well, we need to fill this PO. We need more inventory. What do we do? Because I didn't have the network to say like, hey, auntie so-and-so, can you write me a check? That's just not my background. So I decided to put myself in a space where I was constantly meeting new people in terms of high net worth angel investors and people that were interested in investing their money. And the question always was, well, what are you going to do with the funds? What's going to be our return? What's really your ask? And when it comes to startup, typically in the CPG space, it is to replenish inventory. It is to expand rapidly right? Because that's what money does. It helps you go faster. So when we were presenting and pitching, it was inventory first, fill POs. You need inventory to fill PO. And then all that extra stuff. Sure, you could hire top talent. You can. But like when you actually get the funds, it's like, is that the immediate, the immediate thought of the money? I think the immediate thought is to pay off whatever you owe. Hey, I owe this partner this. I want to clear up that. And you get that down and then you're thinking about high. Well, then you're thinking about your inventory and then you're thinking about hiring. Yeah. And was customer acquisition ever a concern or were you like covered with the social and the PR pieces that you had going on? It was never a concern. It was just feeling like I can breathe for a second. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. okay, so we can order our labels. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something really so small, but it just gives you you know, the opportunity to feel good about not thinking twice about purchasing something. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't raised a million dollars, a million dollars seems like a lot of money. But then when you actually get the million dollars, it's like, oh, wow, that went kind of quick, depending Mm -hmm. on what your minimums are, depending on, you know, who your partners are, depending on if you have new innovations, Right, yeah. depending on like, hey, I in that terms, because a lot of these yeah. companies, especially the stores, right? Many stores. For those of you listening, I mean, we've had some people that have raised money. We had um, Mattify founder on here. We've had Melissa Bradley, who's 1863, because I did the 1863 ventures. So we've spoken about it. But for those of you who are listening, net 
terms, for instance, someone, let's say a store orders a million pieces of your product, a hundred thousand pieces of your product, whatever it is, you have to create that product. You have to create packaging for that product. You're paying for all that in advance, right? So if you don't have terms with your manufacturer, like net 30, net 60, meaning you can receive it and pay 30 or 60 or 90 days later, then you're paying all this money up front. And then the store themselves have their terms where they're like, we're going to receive your stuff, but we're not going to pay you for another three, six months. So it depends on your terms and how whoever you have in the back end logistics or if it's you is negotiating those terms. But it can be a long period of time. You're out of pocket for that money. So even though you may receive a great PO from a store, you still got to fulfill that and make the stuff in order to give to them. So it's a lot of stuff happening in the back end. So when you see something on the shelves, it's more than just supply chain. It's a lot of things happening in the back end that can be a result of empty shelves. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I think you're absolutely right. It is so much or so much lack of transparency as it comes to this space. And I'm glad you were speaking about that. And you were being upfront that, hey, we were using it for inventory. And I think that's super smart. And it's great that customer acquisition wasn't a headache for you because it is for many people. They may not be have the issue, you know, maybe they have super low um, MOQs or whatever, then it doesn't cost them a whole lot to produce, but they can't get the customers to pay and buy the things they created. So it seems like you had the issue on the opposite end, which is really a blessing to have, like the opposite problem to have. So good on you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, then it comes to, okay, so you secure the finances. What do you do with it? And then do you need to go back into the market for more, right? Mm. Because a million dollars is a nice little boost, but it's not say all end all. And, you know, currently Black Girl Sunscreen is at a point where it's like, okay, we're looking to raise again, but what is that dollar amount? And then the question is, is what are you spending it on? Is it because, you know, the PO sizes have increased because now the inventory levels are at a million for the minimum? Is it because, you know, our warehouse is growing? Is it because we have 20 employees, we need to pay them? It just continues to scale. So investment has been such a learning experience for Shantae, just when it comes to the terms, um, to the different ways that a deal can be structured, you know, to really keep me grounded and to understand why I started Black Girl Sunscreen because it's not money motivated. I never thought that, you know, starting with one SKU would ever get us across the United States and able to raise, you know, millions of dollars. Six years ago, you know. Dante, uh, really quickly, I'm going to say I knew it was. So when I spoke to you and you had that one SKU and you were in 250 Target stores, I knew that you would be in all of them and more. I mean, I literally... Well, I have bought Black Girl sunscreen before our call, but I t- I've told everybody about it. Bermuda, Canada, I'm living in Canada now, you know, through my friends in the U.S., like I knew it. I knew it would be all over the place, whether or not <laughs> you were acknowledging it yet. I definitely knew it. Yeah. And that still is a thing, right? Like you have to muster up the confidence and, mm-hmm. and be brave and the reinsurance that whatever you're doing is making an impact. But, you know, first and foremost, it was never about the money for Shantae. It was always about what is the impact that this product is going to leave in this world. And that's why I appreciate having the conversations. And it is about the why, 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 not the bye, bye, bye. Because for me, like we've already made the mark students, young students, play me for Black History Month, do school projects on Shantae and, you know, the innovations of uh, Sun Care and, and being on this journey. That hits stronger than any sale, <laughs> you know? No, for um, sure, yeah. 
So because it means that we are living history, right? We literally changed how people think about certain things. I feel like I've already accomplished what I set off to do. That is so amazing. I'm excited for all of this and looking to raise more because you said, you know, going back and figuring out how much you're going to need and things like that. For those of you that are listening, because I know this is a big concern for those who are just starting or those who haven't started a business yet, maybe you're just thinking about it. The first thing people think of is, I don't want to let go of my baby. It's mine. I don't want to give up any control. And it's so much more than that because with investors, while they do provide funds, if you get the right investors, they also can be really great partners as it relates to information they can provide, networks they can connect you with, different resources and partnerships they send your way. And beyond that, I remember listening to an entrepreneur one time and they're like, would you rather have 100% of a $10,000 pie or you know, 20% of a hundred million dollar pie. And that's what the investors allow you to do. I mean, I had Jamie Schmidt on here who bootstrapped and there are people who bootstrap and have hundred million dollar exits and all of that. Like it happens. But the point is there are different ways to do it and there's no one right way, one wrong way. And like Shante had mentioned, what it does is allow you to move faster. And when you move faster, that means that you get to compete at a higher level against those that are doing something similar. It's never going to be someone doing something exactly like you because they're not you, but it allows you to compete with those bigger brands that have been doing it much longer, that have much deeper pockets. But what you have is the flexibility as a much smaller business to move faster. I'm loving this conversation. Again, this is selfish because I'm like, I want all the answers. I need to know all the things because it's just so much that's happened since the last time we spoke. So I'm really enjoying this. And then what about the Ulta? You said that came about later that year. year. So like what in 2021, actually, you said. So how did that come about? You know, I think that with certain retailers, you have to prove yourself before they're really interested. You know, sometimes I make stories up in my mind, but sometimes those stories are true. Mm -hmm. So I would say the handshaking really happened in the middle of the pandemic. And they saw not they, but other retailers saw the success of Black Girl Sunscreen in the first retailer. The question was, can it work in our retail space, mm-hmm. right? Are new customers going to come here and look for Black Girl Sunscreen? Because the concept has already been proven in one concept. Do they have the resources to now move to a second retailer, right? Like want to get to know, you know, what you're capable of. And what's actually really dope about being in the Alta space is that it's different than Target. I see, me personally, I see Alta and the Sephora's of the world and even like the Sally's of the world of being maybe like more beauty. Sally being, in my perception, hair, mm-hmm. yep. right? Which Target is, you can get so many things in one space. So dangerous. <laughs> dangerous for your, for your wallet. <laughs> for your wallet, right? It was a natural progression for Black Girl Sunscreen to play in the beauty, the beauty space that is, right? Meaning like the altars of the world. So that happened in 2021. We launched in half of their stores, which was about 800 doors. My strategy throughout Black Girl Sunscreen's history has been about crawl, walk, run. So you do what you can, meaning you, you start off crawling, maybe a little bit slower. You're starting to really understand what it takes. So when you start to really get a grasp and understand like, hey, this is the amount of money that will take to 
fill this PO. This is how long it takes for inventory to actually get into the systems of retail. Hey, we're actually going to need this many man hours to produce this. Hey, maybe we want to get some trademarks going. Maybe we want to get some patents going. You know, there's a lot to building the business as just other than like selling to retail. There's so many different aspects of it. Uh So then you start, we're walking. Okay. We kind of figured out retailer number one, retailer number two, you know, we have our finance department dialed in. We have operations dialed in. We got marketing dialed in. Now we could say, okay, let's add a couple more retailers or a few more accounts because we do specialty retailers. Hey, how do we get into the Canadian market? How do we get into the UK? You know, does it make sense to penetrate different countries in Africa? Like what does all this expansion really, really mean? So in 2021, we said, okay, we'll go into 800 doors of Alta, not full chain, because we need to understand how does Alta order? Who is that customer that's going into Alta? What are they looking for? What's their shopping cart? consist of. So that's what happened there. We did well. And then they said for 2022, we'd love to put you across the United States. Okay, great. We were ready for that because we already had a taste of it in 2021. We understood what their ordering patterns were. We got familiar with the buyers. We got familiar with the inventory analysts. We understood how they start, how they paid us, right? Mm -hmm. We understood like, okay, warehouse, We need to do labels on these boxes like this, which is different than retailer A. So there's just so many different nuances when you start to get new partnerships. It's something you mentioned in the first time we spoke that you probably don't even remember saying it, but you, I mean, it was a word. You basically said when you went into Target and you sold out like three times or so, you know, it seems like it's some big, great thing. You're like, but at the end of the day, you never know what your full capacity is. You never know like where you can go. If it's not, you're not on shelves, that means you're not making the money you could. And also you don't know what those ordering numbers look like in inventory and, you know, to how to keep up with demand. So the fact that you did that so smart to me, and I know those listening may be wondering like, what, what is it? Is somebody on your team that's working as a sales rep? Do you have a broker? Like, like, how does that work for you? Yeah. You're uh, smiling. <laughs> what was that well, smile about? <laughs> no, because, because I think about strategy a lot. When we talked, they said, oh my God, it's painful to be sold out. But then I see people produce just a limited amount of product and be sold out on purpose to mm. create that buzz. And then that, oh my God, I need to get my hands on this product. So then when it relaunches again, it gets sold out. So I think it's all about strategy. Our strategy is, no, we don't want to be sold out, right? Because we want this to be incorporated into your everyday skincare regimen, into your everyday behavior. So yes, I don't feel like Black Girl Sunscreen reaches our full potential if we are sold out. Now, when it comes to how we manage and oversee the relationships in inventory, we do have a dedicated um, sales rep for both national retailers and for local brick and mortar um, businesses in-house or so, do you have is it like someone you've contracted out or is she in-house or he in-house they're both full-time uh oh. black girl sunscreen oh this is so this is gold guys this is gold i've got a big smile on my face because i'm like this is dope okay yeah. go ahead <laughs> yeah so when it comes to you know whatever a line review or pitching to a new retailer our national sales executive she handles that type of presentation. She also handles the communication between each retailer. The person that handles our specialty retailer is Jess. Jess 
making sure that everything is sound with, say, if you order product from us and you're not a big retailer, that's okay. But you feel happy. You feel supported by Black Girl Sunscreen. You feel recognized by Black Girl Sunscreen. So you're still getting that same level of service that the national retailer is. So we have different people or two different people handling those accounts. And then from an inventory perspective, um, that's coming from operations because there's a lot of movement there from the supplier to the manufacturer to the warehouse and then being shipped to the retailer. So there is a dedicated person for that as well. As we continue to grow, we are recognizing that it actually might need to be a dedicated inventory specialist for each retailer. Like that's how robust it can become. Yeah. And are you using like a 3PL or do you have your own warehouse and manufacturing pieces? So it's hybrid. We have in-house uh, fulfillment here that fills all of our .com, which we love because we are able to give the Black Girl Sunscreen personal touch. We also have items um, that are available here at Black Girl Sunscreen that are not available at the retailers. I saw that you have sweatshirts and like you have merch. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. So whether that is, you know, our tie-dye um, jogger crew necks and joggers from candles to mugs to women of the sun necklaces to gift sets and even our core competency, which is SPF. We have that here too. So we do all that fulfillment in-house and anything that is a national retailer that is outsourced to our 3PL. Now, what I will say is that when it comes to scaling and profitability, I think it is very tactical to keep that outsourced because 3PL is becoming a lot more advanced and technical if you partner with the right 3PL. There's technology that, you know, a business, a growing business may not have, but that warehouse does have. So 100%. So let them be the professional in that space and you continue to be the visionary. You continue to pump out those marketing campaigns and things like that. So that would be my one tip to people on this journey that are like, hey, you know, should I be fulfilling my orders? No, not if you can handle the cost of outsourcing it to a 3PL. Why worry about how much something weighs? Why worry about, you know, if, if UPS is coming in on time? Let them handle that. But with the in-house, you know, promotional things, it's not huge volume, but it's still something like, hey, you know what? We can employ three or four people from the community to work at Black Girl Sunscreen in that fulfillment space. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening who may, you we both said 3PL. So that's third party logistics center. So for instance, with Best Period, we have a 3PL. So that means if you place an order, whether it's through retail or online, they are fulfilling it in-house. They're sending it out as specified. Right. But what's great about them beyond just being able to be the logistics for sending it, they also have capacities, a lot of 3PLs to do things like EDI, which is the software that retailers use, bigger retailers to read, you know, POs, which is purchase orders. So it can get really in depth. So it really just depends. But I have an ops manager, shout out to Larita. She, she's a supply chain manager. And the first thing before we even, she came on right before we launched. And she's like, what we will not be doing is packing things in-house ourselves because you're a one woman show initially, right? I was one, just me. So I'm glad that I listened to her and did do that initially. So thank you for that. One question, final question I have for you is what advice would you have for someone who they started their business, they're running the business and they're just like, 
man, when is this growth happening? I feel like I'm doing all the groundwork. I'm doing the grunt work. I feel like I've, you know, buried all the seeds and I'm waiting for the seeds to grow. Like, what do you think that person needs to hear? Because I know you guys were in that place where you're just waiting for that exponential growth. Every day I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I reassure myself that I can do it. And then I'm doing the best possible job that I can. And reassuring yourself that you've got this is important. Patience is also very important. And then understanding what makes you different than whoever you're up against. It could be yourself is something to really understand and run with. If that's what you want, scaling is about growing in a distribution channel. It doesn't always have to be retail. It could be spas. It could be hotels, right? It could be in what you desire, but you have to figure that out. And once you figure it out, it's about the consistency. So crawl, walk, run, take things slow, understand what you're doing, understand who your consumer is, understand if your price point is proper, understand if your packaging is if you need it to be catchy, but it also doesn't blend in. Understand these little nuances that will separate you from the competitor, will separate you from the general market brands. Understand if you have a service-based business that, you know what, we are providing a great customer service. It's unbeatable. One thing that Black Girl Sunscreen take, take, takes pride on is if you you know place your order today or last night, your order is going out today. Now, it might not get to you as fast as, you know, these giant companies, one day delivery, two day delivery, but your order has gone out within 24 hours, right? So understanding really what separates you, I think will help you get to that next point. Now, it could be, you know what, you got your break. Some influencer, some celebrity mentioned you in something. Great. What do you do with that? Do you put it at the forefront? And you run with it. I've seen brands, you know, be featured on different shows and have different opportunities and they run with it, right? Because this is their moment. So also, you know, not really underestimating what you may think is boring doesn't mean that it's boring to someone else. Share those wins, share those accomplishments, because if you don't have any attention, then you don't exist. That's so true. Man, this is some words, okay? I know I have a friend who, Amber, her product's actually on Target Online. She'll be listening in on this, just smiling because you're giving her all the things she wants to hear. (laughs) So I'm loving that. And you have such a fun culture too in Black Girl Sunscreen because I remember watching a story and the girls were wearing slippers one day and you didn't even notice. I'm like, this girl has not even noticed it. It was horrible. Listen, okay, I will tell you, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. So they were recording me all day. And I was like, oh my God, why are they recording me? Right? Like (laughs) doing like dumb things. Like I'm currently eating an apple. Like, why are you recording me eat this apple? So in the morning, and sometimes people don't know, like, you know, what's like really happening with you. So I'm in the marketing office and we're talking about whatever. Meanwhile, they're recording me. I'm just like, okay, like whatever. And then, um, so on Fridays, we have half day Fridays. We call them winter Fridays. So because most companies in the summer, they do half days on Fridays, but because our season is in the summer, we do half days on Fridays. So Black Girl Sunscreen, part of our benefits, our compensation package is that we offer a lunch every day, except for on Fridays, we just do pizzas. So 
this Friday, um, I'm in the marketing room. They're recording me do something. I don't know. They're recording me eating seaweed. Yeah, seaweed snacks. And then the lunch arrives and I go get like a slice of pizza or something. And then I go into like another office, right? Because I'm preparing for this meeting. So I finish my pizza and I know everybody else is in the break room. And I'm like, oh, let's go see what they're doing. So I go in there and to like throw my pizza away to the paper plate. And uh, I look to the left and I see two ladies from two different departments wearing slippers. And I'm like, where are your shoes? We have a dress code. All right. So in my mind, I'm just like, where are their shoes? And, and what they do is they don't respond. They put their head down. And I'm like, hmm? so I look to the right of me and like the whole marketing, the entire marketing department is also wearing these big ass fluffy slippers. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, where are your shoes? And then I look ahead of me and this one person is just like walking around eating pizza with these big ass slippers. And I'm like, and where are your shoes? Now, it wasn't the fact that they were wearing slippers. It was the fact that no one was responding to me, right? And I felt extremely disrespected because if someone were to ask me a question, I would respond. And the prank would have went over much better if they would have just been like, what are you talking about, Shantae? What slippers? Like, these are my shoes, right? Like if they would have had some type of dialogue with me, yeah. but, but they didn't. So this is what I did. So I walk around the room and I'm like, oh, so no one's talking. This is not on video, by the way. They mm-hmm. edited it, right? I'm like, oh, so so no one's talking? Oh, who paid for this? Because we have corporate credit cards. I'm mm-hmm. like, who paid for this? Okay, I'm going to leave the room and somebody better have answers. I literally like went like this, right? Because a prank is, I feel like it's a string of emotions. It's not he he ha ha at first it might be it's confusion uh-huh. it might be a little bit of anger so i walk out and i go to um, my cfo's office and i'm like did you notice everyone's wearing slippers she's like don't worry it's just a joke it's just a joke did he have on did he have on um he pulled hers out too. yeah she pulled hers out too so then i go in there and i asked the new girl i'm like you know you work in this area it's, it's supposed to be shoes wear your shoes and she just looks down I'm like, oh my gosh. So then finally they just start laughing. They give me their slippers, give me my slippers. And the way they edited it was I didn't look like an evil monster. (laughs) But I will say though, they definitely put a smile on my face and it was a good prank because a prank is supposed to make you laugh. But I will say I've never been pranked in my entire life and it brought me through a string of emotions. I couldn't tell you were like furious, but I saw the part when they did edit. It was the part where you had just seen it and you're looking like, what's going on? And I'm like, she looks pissed in that part, right? And then afterwards, is you smiling and you hit your slippers or whatever. But now that you've given the backstory, it makes so much sense. I'd be back to I'm like, so nobody, nobody's going to answer me. No like, one is answering me like straight up crickets, like won't even look me in my eye. Like, oh, y'all must want to go home today. <laughs> I love it. And did you say you have 20 people now or... We have 16. Okay. Last time we spoke, you had six. So it's just crazy to see the growth. So I'm loving all of this. It's one question I love to ask at the end of every single episode. And you answered it last time, but I want to see if it changed. And that is what does freedom mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) A laugh. Oh, geez. I don't don't ever really, my thoughts are, and it's a different answer. I know it. My mind is always going. And I don't know if I'll ever have a mental freedom 
because I am filled with ideas. I love Black Girl Sunscreen. I love the team that we've built. I am always thinking about their safety, their professional growth. So freedom for me right now is is not like anything that I could see like tomorrow. Maybe, you know, with a sale of a Black Girl Sunscreen, I don't know that I won't necessarily think about it. But freedom is just that's not what I want. I I do want the freedom to do what we can and what we want to do with black girl sunscreen right this moment. So, okay. So freedom for you is being able to do what you want with the the brand. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for hopping on Shante. You are greatly appreciated and admired and doing the damn thing. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Love it. Love it. And love you. Ah, such a great episode. Love Shante. And actually the funny piece is once we stopped the recording, we started talking about a few things that was really interesting. And I forgot to ask her about certain things as well in the episode. So who knows, it may be a part three a year from now, but we got into things like trolls and stuff like that. And just, you know, how you deal with negative Nancy's on the internet when your brand is growing. So that is something that we're going to likely dive into in the future. But I loved this episode. If you loved this episode and learned anything in it at all, please, please, please take a screenshot and take us over on Instagram. I'm at Gaynette, G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. And of course, Black Girl Sunscreen is at Black Girl Sunscreen. And Shantae is on her Instagram at Shantae Lundy as well. So that's S-H-O-N-T-A-Y, S-H-O-N-T-A-Y underscore Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. We will chat next time. See you later. Or speak to you later, I should say. (laughs) Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find and benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.